Last Thursday, volunteers and city staff headed out to count the number of homeless people on the streets and in shelters. The count all happens on a single night in areas across the country. Now, it's called the point-in-time count, and it's the only mandated data collection of unhoused people in the nation. But it's been criticized for underestimating the actual number. And that's a big deal because this data point is a major factor in the amount of federal funding that areas can receive. So we're here now with Bob Palmer, Policy Director for Housing Action Illinois, to dive into how this count works and where gaps might exist. Hey, Bob, welcome back. Thanks for having me. So explain this to us. How does the method work exactly and, and who collects it? Well, as you said, the point in time count is uh, federally mandated for all the uh, recipients of federal funding to prevent and then um, homelessness. And that funding is distributed by continuum of care uh, networks, which are service providers, uh, usually partnering with local governments to provide the services in their uh, community and in uh, chicago that's uh we have a continuum of care network that covers the city illinois actually has 19 continuum of care networks you know way down in southern illinois it covers 26 counties but in chicago it's just within the city limits so essentially they mandate that on uh, one night a year uh, that the, the continuum of care network, generally working with their staff, but also volunteers they can uh, recruit, uh, go out and count everyone they can find who is literally on the street or who's in a shelter, which is more or less the federal definition of what it means to be homeless. But there's many other people who uh, would also be homeless under different definitions like being doubled up with someone uh, sharing an apartment or some other type of temporary living uh, situation. Again, this is just the count also on one night. It's not covering everyone who's homeless throughout the course of the year. Yeah. Uh, and and does is there a difference in how it's done in rural areas versus urban areas? There, there is, uh, there are differences, and there's different challenges, urban versus rural, but it's really the same process. You have to go out and just personally identify people, try and talk to them, um, and ask their situation and uh, and report the results to the federal uh, government. And it is one of the factors. It's not the only factor, but it is an important factor in determining how much these different continuum of care networks get uh, each year in federal funding. Mm-hmm. So talk about where the point falls short. Like from your perspective, Bob, who's getting left out? Um, well, again, I, I didn't say this, but this point in time count, it's mandated to happen during the winter so that, you know, impacts, uh, uh, you know, who's experiencing homelessness. And there's different opinions about whether you're more likely or less likely um, uh, to find people during the winter, or whether it's uh, warm out. But there's obviously so many different factors that go into, you know, the success of the count, how many volunteers you have, what is the weather like on that um, uh, night, um, that sort of thing that I think, you know, the consensus is that it's, it's not, it doesn't tell the whole story. It tells some useful information, but we, we should not totally drive, you know, federal housing policy and funding by who's, uh, um, counted in the point in time count. And it gets into also just the HUD definition is who, who's homeless mm-hmm. because, Essentially, who gets counted in a point in time count and who's eligible to receive services like, uh, 
you know, rental assistance or getting into permanent supportive housing. If you don't meet the federal definition of homelessness, Mm -hmm. you're not eligible. So a lot of the debate about the point in time count is not just about who gets counted, but who in the end is eligible for these services. And we at Housing Action Illinois, and I know lots of other groups, particularly like the Chicago uh, Coalition for the Homeless, would prefer there to be a more broad definition of who's eligible, uh, but that's something that's set by um, Congress, and there's, uh, you know, limited ability to uh, change that at the local level. Mm-hmm. And some of what gets muddied there, Bob, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, is, is that uh, they're not necessarily considering folks who are doubled up. Is that right? So, you know, if exactly, you're, just, yes. if you're just on a, a friend's couch. Right. If you're couch surfing or if you're using your own funds to pay for a hotel, um you know, you're staying with a family member, you would not count. And, you know, the and the, the Chicago Coalition for the Homeless put out a report uh, fairly recently that showed that, you know, if you look at the more broader definition of who experiences homelessness in the city, that is a total of over 68,000 uh, uh, people, about 44,000 of which are people who are actually temporarily staying with others, and that's over the course of a year. And again, if you look at just the point in time count data for the city from 2023, it's just over 6,000 people experiencing homelessness because, again, they're just measuring that one night, not over the course um, of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what other data collection points do you think could be used? Well, again, if there was a different definition of who experiences, um, you know, homelessness, like counting up those doubled up uh, families or doing, you know, uh, doing the count at different times of the year and in averaging, uh, that would tell a different story. And I think there would be some value in doing that. But um, really, I think the issue is around resources because, if you change the, you know, if the federal government were to change its definition of who's homeless and who's eligible for services, and you have all of a sudden a lot more people who are eligible for services, but there aren't any more resources to mm-hmm. actually serve them, that doesn't really um, solve the problem. It just would lead, you know, and even under the current definition of system of homelessness, there's long waiting lists for shelters. There's very long uh, uh, waiting lists, and it's very hard for people to find uh, permanent housing. It's hard to get um, rent assistance, even for those people who are eligible for the federal resources. For resources that are provided by the state government or local governments, there aren't those types of eligibility restrictions for the federal funds, which is certainly um, uh, beneficial. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, if there are more resources in the end, you know, no matter which definition of homelessness people fit, people aren't going to get served. So, you know, so we're encouraging the debate to be around, well, let's get more resources for everyone and have resources that everyone has access to, regardless of whether you meet this, you know, narrow federal definition of homelessness or more expansive definition. We are glad that we're an endorser of the Bring Chicago Home campaign that voters are going to decide on on March 19th. And uh, for those funds that would come from the city by changing the structure of the real estate transfer um, tax, that those resources would be open to the much broader definition of who experiences 
um, homelessness, and we need to be looking at the local, state, and federal level to be getting more um, resources. So let's talk about what what it did show us, right, at this point in time. What what does the data look like for 2022 versus 2023 here in Chicago? Where do we fit in, especially as compared to other cities, Bob? Yes, well, in in, uh, the federal government just in December put out a report comparing 2023 uh, to 2022, and actually both in the city and in Illinois, there were significant increases in homelessness, even by this narrow definition. Um, there was a, counting all people who were homeless in Chicago. There was a 58.4 increase in homelessness in Chicago, which is the highest for major cities in the country. For family homelessness, there was an 83% increase just over that one year, which uh, was the second highest for all major cities in the country. Uh, the state of Illinois as a whole had the fifth highest state increase in family homelessness, about 36%, and it had the third highest state increase in unaccompanied youth uh, homelessness at about 58%. Um, and this point of time count that happened in 2023 was in January, so it really happened before the uh, the new surge or new significant increase in people or new arrivals seeking asylum yeah. came to primarily to Chicago and other places in Illinois. So that doesn't even that's not even reflected in that data. Right. And so, I mean, had it been reflected, I mean, how would that change the accuracy of things? Well, certainly if they had done it later in the year, the numbers would have been significantly larger. And again, as you said uh, at the beginning in Chicago, uh, and elsewhere in Illinois and all around the country, uh, the point in time count just happened. And unfortunately, because of, uh, you know, the data reporting requirements and the bureaucracy, it'll be a while before we actually have the data on the 2024 point in time count. But they are counting everyone. And so I expect the numbers, again, to be uh, show significant increases, maybe, you know, perhaps even greater than those specific uh, data points I just quoted you. Right. And all likelihood, yes, significantly higher. Something else that struck me about was nearly 70% of non-asylum seekers that were counted in 2023 were black and 62% identified as male. What do you think needs to be done to change the disparity of who is unhoused? Well, that's a big question. And again, those numbers are not, unfortunately, not surprising. You know, we did a report even before the pandemic that showed that uh, in Illinois, if you're a black person, you're eight times more likely to experience homelessness than a white person. And, you know, again, based on the uh, the new arrival situation, that might even, uh, that's undoubtedly even uh, greater disparities now. And again, much greater numbers of people who are uh, Latino, who are experiencing homelessness. You know, again, what, what to do about it all gets back to the question of um, uh, resources. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's just not enough resources for people who are currently eligible. And so we need to create more resources, for example, at the federal. And we can't definitely cannot lose ground. For example, you know, the federal government, Congress is still working on finalizing uh, the budget, uh, for the current fiscal year, which is way overdue, um, you know, one of the ways that people in their homelessness is getting through getting a housing choice voucher. There's in both the federal and house budget uh, that's currently being debated. Um, 
there's a very good chance that we're actually going to lose some housing choice vouchers around the country and in, in Illinois. Um, in Illinois, there's about uh, funding for about 115,000 vouchers. If the House budget were to go into effect, we might lose over the next year about 5,000 of those vouchers, which would means we would um, go backwards. Um, Governor Pritzker is going to be releasing his uh, budget proposal for next year. Uh, later in February, we need to have significant increases uh, for everyone, you know, the long-standing population of people who are uh, homeless or have housing instability, along with the new arrivals, we need significant new funding in Governor Pritzker's proposed budget, and we need to continue to be looking to the, you know, Johnson administration to commit new resources. Yeah, I mean, and, and as we talk about resources, right, I mean, are migrants eligible for those resources? Migrants are not eligible for many of the um uh, federal permanent housing um, uh, resources, but there's generally not uh, restrictions on, you know, going to an emergency shelter um, and that sort of thing. Um, and I, I would say, again, for the Bring Chicago Home campaign, we strongly uh, support that. That is definitely more focused on creating permanent housing right. um, resources because we realize that we just, you know, obviously we, everyone needs to have access to shelter, but at the same time, Really, what we need in the long term is to be creating more permanent housing um, uh, resources. And, you know, the goal is not just to open up enough shelters to have so everyone can get into the shelter. The goal is to make sure that everyone has access to a permanent place um, to live. We'll leave it there for now. That's Bob Palmer, Policy Director for Housing Action Illinois. Thanks, Bob. Thank you.